We discovered that there were secrets that your body was trying to tell you that could really help you optimize performance. But no one could monitor those things. And that's when we set out to build the technology that we thought could really change the world. Welcome to the Whoop Podcast. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. At Whoop, we measure the body 24-7 and provide analytics to our members to help improve performance. This includes strain, recovery, and sleep. Our clients range from the best professional athletes in the world to Navy SEALs to fitness enthusiasts to Fortune 500 CEOs and executives. The common thread among Whoop members is a passion to improve. What does it take to optimize performance for athletes, for humans, really anyone? We're launching a podcast to dig deeper. We'll interview experts and industry leaders across sports, data, technology, physiology, athletic achievement, you name it. My hope is that you'll leave these conversations with some new ideas and a greater passion for performance. With that in mind, I welcome you to the WHOOP podcast. The three biggest influencers on your circadian rhythm are when you go to bed, when you wake up, the timing of your meals, and also your exposure to light. You know, as I kind of thought about their travel, I'm like, gosh, if we can kind of keep these three things as you know in in line with what they did on the, the East Coast, we could effectively potentially create no physiological changes during this time frame. Hello folks, today's podcast focuses on a way to hack your sleep without having to spend more time in bed. We call it Sleep Consistency. Whoop VP of Performance Kristen Holmes and Director of Analytics Emily Capitolupo discuss the benefits of maintaining your circadian rhythm with sleep consistency. Our regular listeners will recognize Kristen and Emily from previous podcasts, and when it comes to sleep, They really know what they're talking about. I know I've learned a lot from them personally. In this episode, they explain exactly what sleep consistency is and share tips and tricks for how to get the most out of it. They'll go deep on WHOOP data and talk about a case study of an NCAA team Kristen works with. They stayed on East Coast time when traveling out west for competition and actually had great results. Without further ado, here are Kristen and Emily. We're super excited to talk with you today about one of our new favorite concepts, sleep consistency. Really excited that now it's available to our consumer population. We're going to do our best to just kind of dig into sleep consistency and identify uh, different behaviors that you can think about that will help you achieve more consistency and also talk about just some of the the reasons why it's so critical to um, your overall health and well-being and, and performance. For the next half hour or so, we're going to talk about why sleep consistency is the most important metric you never knew mattered. And we're going to talk about the physiology behind the metric, sort of why we get so excited about it here at WHOOP. And then Kristen's going to share a really exciting case study about one of our teams who took advantage of sleep consistency in order to completely outperform expectations when it really mattered. So Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about sleep consistency? So mathematically, sleep consistency is an extremely simple concept. It's just how close was your bedtime today to your bedtime yesterday and your wake time today to your wake time yesterday. But why it matters is because it's really a measure of your circadian rhythm. 
So a lot of times people think about their circadian rhythms as their sleep-wake cycle, but the reality is that's a bit of an oversimplification. It's actually your body's clock, and it regulates everything from digestion to hormone production, including the hormone melatonin, which is responsible for sleep, but your digestive hormones, your stress hormones. Um, and so one of the things that we found is that people who have higher sleep consistency are also gonna have, you know, like fewer GI issues, and they're gonna have better skin and you know, better mood. So it's safe to say that you're gonna just your body will work way more efficiently if you can just leverage this one behavior consistently. <laughs> yeah, so it's this really powerful metric because of course we're measuring it by measuring your sleep wake cycle. Right. But it's sort of this holistic measurement of like how consistent your daytime is. And I mean you can think about your body operating as like, you know, any kind of factory or just like yeah. operation where like if step one if different steps are happening at predictable times, right. then you can plan for them. So like if you're always going to bed at the same time, you start to produce melatonin about two hours before your body's anticipating bedtime. And so when you get into bed, you're sleepy and you fall asleep. So we've actually seen in our own data that sleep consistency explains up to a 3% difference in sleep efficiency. We've definitely seen that in the, in the data that we're tracking as well. Um, I think our uh, operators, I think stands out the most once we started really thinking and applying um, this concept of sleep consistency, and um, uh, we've definitely seen improvements in time spent in slow wave sleep, time spent in REM. So uh, just anecdotally, apart from kind of the, the research that's gone on, uh, you know, we're definitely seeing that this, this you know, when, when folks focus on consistency, we see massive improvements in, in their sleep efficiency. Explain some of the inspiration, because you know, obviously we've been thinking about consistency for a while, but um, there was a kind of a really clear forcing function this summer that kind of brought about, um, helped us realize, well, this is something that we need to, to think about more, more, you know, more regularly. Yeah, so one of the things that I think most of our users don't know is that while sleep consistency sort of made it into the sleep analysis on March 4th, and you know has been in the weekly performance assessment that Monday report um, since the summer, yeah. um, and and actually in Sleep Coach um, for a few months before that, um, we've actually been sort of more directly giving this information to our elite clients for a little over a year now. Right. <laughs> a little insider whoop knowledge that that's generally kind of how we develop features. So we we want to kind of make sure that when we put something out there that. Um, you know, we, we really know like how it's going to be useful and that we're ready for our users to action it and that, you know, we're sort of prepared to say like, you know, here's this thing and this is why you should care. And so, you know, we want to uh, always make sure that like we're not just giving you metrics because somebody else is giving you that metric or because it's just a number that's there, like, but that you know, really is something that you should care about. And so we actually got excited about sleep consistency back in the summer of 2017. Uh, there's a paper published in Nature by Andrew Phillips um, in which he looked at the um, sleep timing, um, he actually called it sleep regularity, of undergrads. And he showed that he had basically two groups of undergrads, those who had high sleep consistency or sleep regularity as he called it, and those that had lower um, sleep regularity. And what he found that was really interesting is actually on average, like over the course of a semester, they had very similar like total amounts of sleep, but the ones with high sleep regularity had um, higher GPAs. And so he made up this metric, it was on a scale of zero to 100, and a 10 
point difference in his sleep regularity index corresponded to a 0.1 on the 4.0 uh, GPA scale increase in, in GPA. And so we got really significant. Really, yes, <laughs> huge, right? You know, if you could tell me that there was something completely not related to studying that would increase right. my GPA by 0.1, right. like I would have been all over that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we got really excited about this because we have so many NC2A athletes right. and just like collegiate uh, users in general on the platform and um, one thing that we found over and over and over again is that you know performance is performance is performance so we're like so if it's helping these athletes with their academic performance because I think that's important to mention that this Phillips paper was not a sport right. yeah, athletic performance yeah. these paper. weren't athletes so um, they were not study. athletes yeah. they were just they, some of them might have been but right. he was only looking for undergrads right. um, we wanted to see if like the same phenomenon was exi- existed in our data and I think this is really kind of speaks to the power of whoop in general so like he had 60 people in his study which for a physiology study especially sleep yeah. is huge it's right huge, that's yeah. impressive you know it was published in nature it's a big deal you know, we had, I think, 20,000 yeah. <laughs> that we looked at. So, you know, we're able to kind of reproduce with our data um, at just a much larger scale. So we looked at about 3 million sleeps. Um, I think 20,000 of them were right. collegiate athlete sleep, like users, and then, you know, right. the, however many years of data we had on them. Um, and we saw not only did sort of sleep consistency correlate with the performance data that we had, um, but that we also were able to come up with sort of a physiological explanation. So um, the Phil's paper is an observational study. He didn't propose a um, causative relationship, although he did suggest that it might be related to right. circadian rhythm effects. But what we saw was that um, in our data, the student athletes who were getting, who had higher sleep consistency, were getting more slow wave sleep um, than getting more REM sleep, and they're having higher HRVs and lower resting heart rates as right. a result. Right. Um, and so. You know, that, that explains why, you know, maybe they're performing better academically because right. REM sleep, of course, is when we convert short-term memory to long-term memory. And so yeah. if we're seeing um, more REM sleep, therefore more, you know, memory consolidation at yeah. night, obviously you're going to do better in school. In 2017, when that paper came out and we started thinking more deeply about mm-hmm. sleep consistency, it was just a really exciting moment because I think we'd been, you know, in the teams that we've been working with, we, you know, been leveraging or thinking about sleep duration in a very intentional way. And then all of a sudden we had this other metric that we could kind of focus in on. And and what we saw in the data is that it was really game changing because it's not just about how much time you're spending in bed, but it's the quality of your sleep and that, you know, now we kind of know in the data that if you can be consistent with your sleep wait times, you are just going to spend more time in these deeper stages of sleep and therefore get better quality and spend less time in bed. To your point in the beginning, like it's this awesome kind of thing that no one really thinks a whole lot about, but if you can leverage it, it's so powerful. Well, that's what we kind of love about it because it's a behavior, right? So it's like like you control it. Yeah, we know that people have more, you know, efficient sleep are going to perform better athletically. You know, people that get more slow wave sleep are going to perform better athletically, but you know, you can't really give someone as advice like, hey, get some more slow wave sleep tonight, right? Like, how? Yeah. Um, And so sleep consistency is the answer to that, how? Right. You know, we know that like it explains about a 15 minute difference and how much yeah. slow wave sleep you yeah. get we know it explains about a 36 minute difference yeah. and how much REM sleep you in get in our operators we've seen like up to 6 to 12% like improvement or more time yeah. spent in slow wave sleep which is just it's like massive yeah so those stats that I just quoted were you know from everybody yeah, including course, like yeah. probably like older and less fit people right, um, right we've definitely seen even stronger effects yeah. and sort of younger and so maybe let's dig in we talked about behaviors like mm-hmm. what other types of behaviors you know can our listeners focus in on uh, that will help them achieve this consistent kind of sleep wake bedtime yeah so 
you know, there's all that behavior surrounding sleep. It's not just, yeah. you know, the consistency of like literally did I get into bed right. and wake up at the same minute, right. but all the things that you can be doing, like so we talk a lot about like sleep hygiene or like your yeah. nighttime routine that sort of sets your body up for you know, that moment when, like, head hits the pillow and, like, right. goes out. So, right. you know, a lot of people like to, to kind of take some time to meditate. People like, right. you know, whatever it is, it almost doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it can be a hot bath. It can be, you know, just stretching. We know I think blocking blue light is, Block, well, is such a must, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, people, but it's crazy, like, how, like, it takes so much discipline. Like, I even, as much as I know about mm-hmm. sleep and as much as I know how much blue light affects me, mm-hmm. I still have to be, like... Put on your glasses. It's everywhere, right? So it does. It does take, I think, um, some discipline. But I think, if, like, that's one habit that you just you have to figure out how to make that happen because that will creep in and affect your sleep and such. It will affect your fall, you know, your ability to fall asleep, obviously, because it's associated with melatonin. Yeah, You're so not produce melatonin blue light actually is like directly affects our circadian rhythms right. because it's the specific frequency of light that the the cells in your eyes that control, you know, is right. it daytime or nighttime that go directly to the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which right. is sort of the home of your circadian yeah. rhythm, are sensitive to blue light. And so um, if, you, if you're looking at any kind of blue light, it, you're telling your brain it's daytime, <laughs> right. which shuts off melatonin production. Right. So you could be doing all of this, like, great work to, like, have a consistent bedtime yep. and wake time, but you're sort of messing with your hormones leading right. it up to bed, and so you kind of don't get that full benefit. So if you want to get the full benefit of making this behavior change, you know, that's, like, a way to protect it and yep. kind of to almost, like, sort of bolster that effect. Right. And then the 100 sleep tips, are <laughs> the our 100 best sleepers sleep tips, people can dig into that, too, just to find other behaviors that I think are really, like, ideal, right? Yeah, yeah. so... Because um, that goes, goes deep, right? Yeah. And your podcast, I think, <laughs> and also. And your podcast. And, yeah, we kind of hit, we hit a lot of the behavioral stuff, but, um, but yeah. But, but I, think, I think it's a really good point that, like, you know, there's sort of their sleep consistency, and we keep literally talking about, like, almost the math of it, of... There are ways to, you know, get the most out of it and to sort of, like, support that behavior. So it's, like, not doing things that are going to further mess with your circadian rhythm. So, you know, don't, you know, get really consistent with your sleep, but then, like, start drinking coffee at night. Yeah, exactly. Again, you know, you're sort of fighting with those same receptors that melatonin binds to. Caffeine blocks them. So we've been talking a lot about sort of the science behind it, but I think it'd be really cool to talk about, you know, some of the ways that um, sort of using, leveraging this information we've... Um, been able to help our clients and I know that you have one particularly great story you're going yeah to share. we we did an awesome case study with uh Florida State women's soccer team uh gosh I guess it was the 2017 season and they uh had an awesome regular season and uh we had this they were traveling out to the west coast for the second and third round of NC2As and you know I was kind of digging into their itinerary a little bit uh, or we were kind of thinking about what that trip looked like and um, so I was starting to put together the itinerary and noticed the game times were at one o'clock and four o'clock I was like shoot this is like they could I think they could actually stay on east coast time and get away with it given where you know the time the 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 game the, the time for the game and as we know you know one of the most important things if you traveling out west is it's really tough on the system right they're Whoever they're playing, if it's a West Coast team and both teams, one was Mountain and one was West Coast, um, they would have just an advantage, right? Because they're not having to adjust Mm -hmm. physiologically to this new time zone. So this concept of maintaining their time zone Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, came into play. And, uh, you know, we had a couple discussions on it and we're like, all right, I'm just going to propose this to them. So really principally what it centered around was keeping their, um, well, the three biggest influencers on your circadian rhythm are 
when you go to bed, when you wake up, which we're talking a lot about, um, the timing of your meals, um, and also your exposure to light. So um, I guess that, you know, as I kind of thought about their travel, I'm like, gosh, if we can kind of keep these three things as, you know, in, in line with what they did on the, the East Coast, we could effectively, you know, potentially create no physiological changes, you know, during this time frame. And uh, so, you know, talked to the team, the coaches, um, everyone was bought in, the, the young women were super disciplined, and because it takes, they have to buy into it, right? They have to believe, like, okay, yeah, this is going to give me a competitive advantage. Right, because it's a little ridiculous, right? They You're have to wake up. dinner at, you know, yeah, three o'clock three in, the in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, so you had to get the... You know, the folks that are organizing meals and, you know, they had to basically kind of shut them out, themselves off from sunlight. And, you know, they had to do a lot of little things to kind of make sure that this desynchronization didn't happen. So this protocol, they had to be really disciplined, right? Because you're talking about, uh, you know, just even on the airplane and in the airport, making sure that you're not napping at a time that could disrupt you know, when you actually need to, to fall asleep on West Coast time, which is East Coast time, you know, it's kind of complicated. Yeah. Um, but the, the young women did a, a phenomenal job, you know, staying disciplined and, um, you know, really just following the itinerary and, and making sure that, uh, you know, they're staying as synchronized to East Coast time as possible. Um, and did it pay off? It really did. Like, not only were the results incredible, so they won their first round game, uh, which was great. And they ended up losing um, on the Sunday in the, in the third round, uh, but they played phenomenally and, um, and and just physiologically when you look at our core metrics across resting heart rate mm-hmm. you know sleep performance sleep efficiency you know uh, HRV um, recovery there's positive changes um, right because they were very outranked on both games right they, they were they were I think they were very similar to their their second mm-hmm. round opponent um, but their third round opponent was a higher rank or uh, higher ranking team um, mm-hmm. and they you know they went all the way to the end um, and they end up losing, but uh, but the coach, who's you know kind of world renowned, he's really he's just super successful. Felt that this was the right thing to do, and uh, would do it again in a heartbeat if they were in the same situation. So, um, and also this team ended up actually actually winning the national championship this past season. So um, there's just a really classy um, FSU soccer, really classy program all around, and um, yeah, it was just really fun to be able to kind of go on that journey and, and have them and being willing to kind of take a chance, you know, because mm-hmm. this isn't kind of standard operating procedure for NC2A teams, right? I think most teams would be nervous about you know deploying that that type of um, protocol mm-hmm. you know with with their team and um, the fact that they kind of trusted the data and and trusted their athletes you know to be able to be disciplined enough to follow the protocol I think says a lot about about the program and and one thing that was kind of so incredible about um, this particular case study was that when they came back they actually had another game right well so, they they did not actually but I think the the idea though is when you when you come back home and you've now at this point at that point you would have assimilated to kind of west coast right. and you come back and you're faced with midterm exams and you know just having to get back into the life uh, you know on on the east coast they were able to come home and they suffered you know no ill effects right. they were able to hit the ground yeah. running so, so, so yeah it was so yeah brutal about like these three day or two day oh. you know by coastal trips where it's yes. like you get jet lights and by the time you're sort of over it you come home and you're like jet lights right, right. again and so by basically like refusing to acknowledge that yeah. you know they ever change time zones they just get to skip and yeah, I mean there's still like you know you get people get dehydrated on planes and you know travel's exhausting right. so there's still you know it's not completely neutral but you get rid of like a huge piece of that kind of physiological hit 
So um, true. And so, yeah, they kind of come back, and, and like you said, they're sort of more ready to take on yeah. midterms and stuff. And what I think is kind of so powerful about this whole story is that for the 2016 Olympics, we were working with Connor Yeager, who was sort of like knew about himself that he was bad at dealing with jet lag. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we kind of looked at his data and we were like, oh, you have, you know, Olympic trials in Omaha, you should go, you know, four days before the rest of your team. So that like, you know, if you do that based on your data, you'll have adapted to Omaha time, you know, by the, the trials and, right. up, you know, kind of the rest of history, he goes yeah. on to, you know, <laughs> win, win medals in Rio. And so, you know, that went really well for him, but um, not everybody can travel, you know, yeah. five days, six days in advance. Um, and obviously when he comes back, he has to kind of you know, deal Readjust. with that on the flip side. Yeah. And so this sort of new learning that we can just refuse to yeah. acknowledge <laughs> time, time zone change, um, you know, yeah. is, is really powerful. Yeah. So if you can't acknowledge the new time mm -hmm. zone, you know, what are some things that people can do to kind of mitigate the effects of, you know, transitioning and adjusting to a new time zone? Yeah, so the biggest thing uh, for me that I've seen is getting sunlight exposure in your yeah. new time zone. So making sure you get outside, not mm -hmm. just like, you know, indoor room light. Yeah. Um, getting some exercise can help. You yeah. know, avoiding too much like alcohol, caffeine, right. things that are just going to confuse your circadian yeah. rhythm, but rather getting things like sunlight that sort of tell your body like, oh, it's, yeah. you know, this is noon light and that right, kind of right. starts to shift your body during the day, not just mm -hmm. uh, sleep. Meal times. Um, yeah, huge, thinking about right? your meal times, yeah. thinking about um, not being afraid of using melatonin, not being right. afraid of, um, you know, trying to like reproduce your bedtime routine as much as yeah. possible so like if you're in your new time, zone. In your new time yeah. zone place because that starts to tell your body you know in advance of getting into bed that you're sort of getting into sleeping mode right. so you can start to do things like um you know putting on your pajamas and right. you know trying right. to like kind it's of those get cues into, right yeah, that it, kind <laughs> of tell your brain okay i'm winding down now it's bedtime yeah i think you know you yeah. can kind of like trick your body more right. than people realize you start yeah. to go through your bedtime routine your body's like oh okay that's what this <laughs> is and then, you know it starts to produce especially if you're doing it's stuff. the same thing that you've done in your yeah. home time zone and so that's it's, yeah that's gonna be it's another triggers. way that like having those that like really strong routine at yeah. home can really help you right. when you travel because you've created this like really strong marker for yourself right. whereas if every night is something completely random your body has no cue and right. then you like travel and you have no cue and, and right. then it's harder but you know that that only kind of gets you so far another thing that you can do is you can start to like split the difference before you travel so it's like you can start to go to bed um earlier and earlier or later right. and later depending on whether or not you're going east or west. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to take you about one full day. Yeah, it's, it's about a day per time, time zone, right? Yeah. So, yeah um, and, and that's like, you know, it's, loose, <laughs> it's a very loose hand way to yeah. measure, but there's <laughs> yeah. some truth to that. Right. Um, and so you can, you know, if you're, you're traveling and, you know, you can't travel early or, you know, if it's practical to start trying to go to bed earlier or start right. trying to sleep later, you can almost like get you know, do some of those, you know, one hour per days yeah. before you travel. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, if you're going on vacation or you're in an important meeting or something, yeah. you know, you're sort of more ready for that. So, I mean, travel is obviously like a somewhat extreme application of like sort of <laughs> adherence to sleep right. consistency. But I'm wondering if maybe you can talk about like, you know, more examples of this helping for your sort of everyday users just at home. Yeah, well, I can speak to my own, <laughs> my, my own situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really started, you know, unfortunately not soon enough, uh, but really this summer I started doubling down on sleep consistency, and I've, I've seen a huge, huge improvement in the time that I'm spending in deeper stages of sleep. So, uh, you know, I'm really, you know, REM has 
honestly like almost doubled, oh, yeah. which is which is crazy, right? And um, and soy sleep has, has remained about the same, but um, but yeah, I think the this most significant change I've seen is is in my REM, and and actually like I'm spending less time in bed. Uh, so it's consistent with the other cases, mm-hmm. the other cases that we've seen across the elite athlete population. I've, I've been able to see that in my own data, which has been exciting. Uh, and and I think just too like just my base, you know, the improvements off my baseline, mm-hmm. just with HRV and uh, with heart variability and resting heart rate, um, I've, I've made substantial improvements. And so yeah. Have you noticed that this is sort of translating to how you're feeling? You're like getting more REM sleep. What is that equated to? For I mean, you? there's no question. I, I think you know once you start to be aware, once you aware of your body right mm-hmm. and, and you and you kind of have these these objective metrics that you're dialed in on a daily basis you you do start to notice that wow okay when I spend more time in deeper stages of sleep I just I feel so much better you know just today versus yesterday is like a good example like mm-hmm. yesterday I spent uh, more time in deeper stages and you know I woke up I felt clear and I could almost like predict what my recovery was going to be. Um, and, and today, sure enough, I, I kind of didn't feel quite as clear when I woke up and, and sure enough, you know, I didn't actually spend as much time in, in deeper stages. I had a couple more disturbances and, you know, I knew when I went to bed, I was like, oh, I'm dressed too warmly. Like I, I had a long <laughs> sleeve on. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that, um, you know, you, you start to like, really dial in on, on some of these nuances but I think the end, end result though is is you know you just want to be able to perform consistently mm-hmm. well you know not just for you know it's not just about being good for a week it's about performing consistently well across mm-hmm. across the, the the weeks and the months and the years and so that's really kind of I think what we're all really after and mm-hmm. um, kind of understanding you know these 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 principles I think are, are really important and um, it's been fun to kind of get inside this this concept of sleep consistency and start to understand it better and, and be able to leverage it, you know. Well, this has been super fun. <laughs> Emily, I love listening to you talk about sleep. I've learned so much from you. And uh, and I, I, you actually, have, your podcast is sensational. People absolutely have to listen to that. Uh, and I know there's a lot of resources, obviously, uh, on our website people can go to. Um, so, yeah, this has been really fun. Yeah, so if anybody um, is now curious about sleep consistency and the time zone maintenance protocol, mm-hmm. we've got much lengthier write-ups available yeah. at whoop.com slash validation. <laughs> um, and there's if you go search in The Locker, which is our blog, mm-hmm. uh, you can find probably at this point six or seven different articles about sleep consistency. Yeah. Um, there's sort of a pretty big deep dive that came out when we added the features. Yeah. So that would have been um, March 4th. So, you know, go, go check that out. And, of course, you know, you can always reach out to us with any questions you have about uh, this feature or any feature at support at loop.com. A big thanks to Kristen and Emily for sharing all their insight. You can look forward to more episodes like this in the coming months where we break down specific Whoop topics geared towards optimizing your performance. If you're not already a member, you can join the Whoop community now for as low as $18 a month. We'll provide you with 24-7 access to your biometric data, as well as analytics across strain, sleep, recovery, and more. The membership comes with a free Whoopstrap 2.0. And for listening to this podcast, folks, if you enter the code WILLAHMED, that's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, at checkout, we'll give you 30 bucks off. So thank you for listening. Put 30 bucks on my tab, and hopefully you enjoy Whoop. For our European customers, the code is WILLAHMEDEU. Just tag EU on the end of my name, and that'll get you 
30 euros off when you join. Check out whoop.com slash the locker for show notes and more, including links to relevant topics from our conversation. You can subscribe, rate, and review the Whoop podcast on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you found this podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can find me online at Will Ahmed and follow at Whoop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email thelocker at whoop.com with any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions. For our current members, we've got a lot of new gear in the Whoop store. I suggest you check that out. It includes 6-, 12-, and 18-month gift cards, help you save over time. We've got new bands, new colors, new textures. Visit whoop.com for more. Thank you again for listening to the Whoop podcast. We'll see you next week.